Let's, let's start. We have today a teaching. We have today a very, very beautiful teaching from Reb Nassim of Bresla, based on Rabbi Nachman, obviously. And it's a, it's, a, it's a great way to prepare ourselves for Shavuot. Mamash, like a, a perfect way to get into the zone of Shavuot. And addressing a very, um, a very simple question. And that is, we always speak about how the whole world is dependent on the Torah. And if the Torah wasn't in the world, what would the world be? What would the world be like? Can you imagine today if there was no Torah in the world, what the world would be like? Chas v'chalila, chas v'shalom. It'd be like a, hor- a horrible thing to think about. Boker tov, good morning. Good morning, here. Schlepped out all the way from Ramot. Kol kavod. Exciting, it's right here. So, so if you think about it today, can you imagine if, like, can you imagine if there was no Torah in the world? So what would that world, what would the world look like? So unfortunately, it is, easy, it is actually possible to fathom what that would look like. Because you, sometimes you have people, you've met them, and Torah has seemingly no place at all whatsoever in their, in their heart. The Torah is not a function of the way they, they, they run the, their lives or the world. Nothing, not, not at all, right? But wasn't the Torah, didn't the world exist for like many years before the Torah was given? How many years did the world exist before the Torah was given? Be'erich. Billion? Huh? No, no, don't go all... According to, our, uh, according to our calendar, how many years did the Torah exist before... Did the world exist before the Torah was given? Think about it. Let's, let's do a calculation, right? Avram Avinu was born in what year? Come on, Zionists. What year did uh, Avram Avinu born in? According to our calculation. So most Zionist Torah, there, of course, 1948. By the way, that's also the code to like all, Kimat, all the locks of people's houses here. It's either C1948 or C1967. How about 6130? Man, it's more of a gullus. It's more in like America. And, and, yeah, because it's too much guilt if you do 1948 when you live in America. You're like, wait a second, it doesn't, didn't open any gates yet in my heart. I'm still living in whatever. Sorry. Tangent. Let's go back. So Avram Avinu was 1948, right? How many generations after Avram Avinu, how many years after Avram Avinu was the Torah given? Kind of hard to say, right? Kind of hard to say, but it's safe to say that the Torah was at least, the Torah was given, how many years ago? Today is 5782, right? And the Torah is given 3,300 and something years ago. But however we look at it, there the Torah, the world was Torah-less for many, many years. So how could that be? How could the world have existed? And why didn't God give the Torah to the world the second that the world was created? Or the second that Avram Avinu was at least maybe come onto the scene? They didn't need it yet. They were on a different level than us. <clears throat> okay, that's a pretty simple an- I mean, answer. That's, that's what I always thought. I don't know if anyone, that they taught us. <laughs> Isn't it also like, 
Um, you can't want something unless you miss it. I didn't have anything to miss it, no, it was. No, meaning like there was nothing. Right. So you couldn't, meaning you couldn't long for it because no one had any reference for anything. There's nothing. There's nothingness. Well, also, like, if we had gotten it right away, it wouldn't necessarily well, yeah, the question is more not, the question is more, why didn't God give the Torah to Avram Avinu right away? That's really the question. Well, also, there wasn't an, an arm. There was nothing, no, you can't give it to one person. Okay, yes, you could pass it on. Mm-hmm. It needs to have a collective unit of people to, in order to, to... Well, Hashem can do anything. Oh, yeah, I know. <laughs> I, mean, <laughs> I mean, why can't you give it to one person? Hashem can, Hashem... It's wasting it. Hashem... It's wasting it. If, listen, we're, we're limiting God right now with all these answers. It's amazing. Like we're saying, yeah, God, you'd be wasting it. You can't give it to one. Hashem is Hashem. What's the concept of a minion? Hashem can do anything. It's the same thing as the concept of a minion. You... Fine. But... Why wasn't the Torah given to the first ten Jews? I mean, we could keep on doing this, but God is still infinite. Meaning, Hashem could have given it, the Torah to the first Jew. Hashem could have given it to the first Muslim. Three Jews. Hashem could have given it to the first minion. Hashem could have given it to... You understand? We, we could keep on going like this, but there's got to be something that we have to look deeper into the chidush, the chidush of Shavuot. What's the chidush of Shavuot? So look in the bottom, of the bottom column of the first psychedelic trippy page you have in front of you. On the bot, mine is very... <coughs> my, my, my copy is very... Shvach. But look at the bottom of the right page. Okay. This is from Reb Nassim's Likutei Halachot. This is something really beautiful. Miyom shezachinu bechemlat Hashem lekabel et ha-Torah al yidei Moshe Rabbeinu alav ha-Shalom. So from the day that we merited with the grace, of, with the chen, with the compassion of God to receive the Torah through Moshe Rabbeinu alav ha-Shalom, miyom ha-hu, from that day on, from that day on, there's no distance between Am Yisrael and Hashem forever. What did Torah establish? Torah established that there can't be dis- distance anymore is something that is, um, even if you say you feel it, the Torah is there as saying, we're always, we're you know, we're bound together forever. It's almost a couple, you know, a couple that could feel distant from each other, but in the Pnimiut, Alev, they're still connected, they're still with each other. The Torah created the situation that Am Yisrael and HaKadosh Baruch Hu are infinitely bound up together. Okay? V'zehu ikar netinat ha-Torah li-Yisrael. This is the ikar of the giving of the Torah to Am Yisrael. Now what happened before the Torah was given? And this, I want you to think of this very, very deeply. I want you to think of this very, very deeply. You ever hear the concept like the Avot and the Imahot kept the whole Torah before it was even given? Has anyone ever heard that concept before? Yes. What Torah were they keeping exactly? Maybe that connection to Hashem, that, that, that 
that, that intimate, like, um, boundlessness. I mean, because Yaakov, not Yaakov, Yitzchak would go, what was he doing there? Mm-hmm. Obviously, he was connecting on a, a very deep level, so maybe... Right, but that's, that's called just feeling and connection. I'm talking about tachlis. What Torah were they keeping? What was Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov keeping before the Torah was given? What's that? Both what? I can't hear you, I'm sorry. But you have, but, but what? I have a hard time believing. You have a hard time believing. Understanding it. You have, wait, so explain how you, why you have a hard time believing what you just said. Oh, you mean like back then they were keeping the Shulchan Aruch? Inverted all. So that's a very good that's question. That's a, that's a good question. What were they keeping exactly? Like, what is it saying? They were saying? keeping the Torah Shabbat Yes. Before we had the Torah? Yes. But where did they get the Torah Shabbat from? I don't know, man. That's what we learned in school. Where did they, it's true. That's what it is what we learned in school. <laughs> <laughs> it is. But where did they learn? Wait a second. You're talking about Torah Shabbat What about Torah Shabbat they didn't have it yet. So how could wait? So let's just let's just go to Torah Shemichtav first. Forget about the oral Torah. That's what you were saying. She said both. Oh, okay. She said right. Yeah, you said both. You said both. Listen, there are a lot of I'm I'm throwing a lot of questions up there right now, not to get you all confused, but but it's to open our hearts to what Reb Nassim's going to say. I want to I want to again recap what we did so far. The Torah Akdosha, once it was actually given, it created this infinite limitless connection, deep, deepest connection between Am Yisrael and Hashem Barach for everyone. Now, there were people that kept the Torah before the Torah was given as a manual. And that is Avram Yitzchak and Yaakov, the Avot. How did they keep the Torah? So Rav Kook has a lot of teachings on this. And they should have taught us Rav Kook when you were younger, and uh, or maybe not, but meaning... <laughs> The people that understand what Rav Kook meant is that there's a concept called klayot yo'atzot, their kidneys, their kishkas, their insides were so in tune with what Hashem wanted in the world that somehow they knew what to do. They actually knew what to do because they were so much one with Ratzon Hashem. It's what the Ishbitzer refers to as that a person could reach this place today that when you're so much one with Ratzon Hashem, you intuitively know what Hashem Barach really wants. How do we know Hashem didn't give it to them in like in a Nibuah? Because the Torah, the, well, you'll see in this, you'll, yeah, yeah, there'll actually be an answer, to, a very simple answer to what you're saying from Rabbi Natan. But what do you think? I, I guess he couldn't really, well, I, I guess Hashem could do anything. So why couldn't he? Be? He could have. Yeah, only because we don't know of it. Only because to, if it would have happened, if that would have happened, the Torah would have said, you know, I gave this to Avram Avinu, I gave this to Yitzchak in a so chalom or something. So why does the Torah say that Hashem gave it to them inside them, like in their souls? It could say that too. It does. Vayera elav Hashem. God revealed himself to Avram Avinu. That's God spoke to you. Exactly. But I'm saying it wasn't the, exactly the Torah that we know of. It was some kind of a revelation, but they knew through these revelations inside something happened to them and they knew inside what they're supposed to be done. But everyone, I, I, I want to continue. We're not going to get, yeah. But what about Yeshiva of Shem and Eber? Like, what did that, they learn there? What they were, teaching, were they teaching the Torah? I think about that all the time. And that's one of the answers, Lisa, that they give us. But they learned in Yeshiva Shem and Eber for, you know, how many years did Yaakov Avinu learn okay. in Yeshiva Shem and Eber? 
14. 14 years. What, 14 were the, what exactly were they learning? What exactly were they learning there, right? What were they learning there? So we don't know exactly what they were learning there. There's a lot of Kabbalistic answers over here now, but that'll be already, you know, pushing it a bit too much for now. Let's go back inside. Again, the bottom paragraph over here on the right side. What was, will be. We're on the second column over here, on the still on the first page. And every generation, even right now, you have big tzaddikim, tzadkanias, bechinas b'nei aliyah. This is not a nefesh b'nefesh reference. This is, b'nei aliyah means people of, like the, 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 the PSS now speaks about this, b'nei aliyah. Those that are living life on a bit of a, I don't know, like, like a higher realm. Like, they look like you and I. <laughs> they, they probably dress like you and I. But they're experiencing life on a much, much higher frequency than, than, than most, I shouldn't say us, than, than I am, for instance. Someone else wants to put themselves in that category, that's fine. B'nai Aliyah, like they, everything else is normal, but they're experiencing life on a higher frequency. He says a crazy statement, Reb Nassim. There are certain refined neshamas that even if the Torah wasn't yet given, these souls would somehow figure out a way to be close to God and serve Him be'emet. Do you see how crazy that statement is? Or is it not, did I not make it clear? Yeah? Jenny, you're, you're there? I don't know why it should sound crazy. Hashem can do anything. He created us. Why can't He not create someone who is, has the ability to be so elevated? Without the Torah. Yeah. Right. Because, uh, because, because generally we always say today, we, we think in such a constricted mindset. As, you know, we only say... It's only if you follow the rules, then you'll know what to do. Like, we keep on saying that all the time. That's how we, we approach the Torah as well, that you have to learn the Torah to know how to, how to go. But he's saying, but there are neshamas. There are people like there was in the time of the Avot. There was no Torah, and yet, there was so in tune. Now, now I'm going to say something that's going to be a little bit hard for the FFBs in the room to hop, okay? But... You know those people that they really, like I mentioned before, they don't have any Torah in their life? And Gevav, are they so connected to something that you can't put your finger on? But there's something so refined about them? And, and it's almost like you feel bad saying this, but like you feel like they're in Eved Hashem. Even though they have no Kabbalah, they never experienced the Kabbalah of Torah in their life. Do any of you have people like that in your life that you could say? Huh? Mamash. Mamash, Mamash. Anyone else? You? I was going to say that it would exist. I mean, I felt that with people who weren't born Jewish. Right, that's what I was going to say. Yeah, because there's something separating. Yeah. 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 Big souls. 
Mamash big souls. My brother. Yeah. Well, he's a yid, though. He was a yid. You see, non-Jews like this a lot. That's, is that what she's saying? That's what Adina yeah, was like, saying, yeah. Like, my, yeah. like the woman who used to take over her house in America. Like, she was like that. Mm-hmm. And... Mush, it's a, it's an incredible it's, thing. It's, but you could say like, but well, wait so, a second, they're 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 they don't have Tyra, Mahim, What are they? But and my last thought, there are there is a concept like this, Nachon. So this is very important to 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 understand that this exists in the world. I'm sorry. What do you mean? You, There's still a differentiation between... Right. Well, let's see. Yecholiot. But, now look at the second paragraph over here. V'ikar ha-ma'ala ha-gdola b'yoter shel netinat ha-Torah hu she'al yedei ha-Torah But what's the... So, if this exists, that there could be people that are so connected to Ratzon Hashem without a Torah, then what's the Chiddush of the giving of the Torah? Nachon? If it exists if it's possible to be so in tune with what Hashem wants without a Torah, then what's the Chiddush of the giving of the Torah? Look what he says here. Huh? So, more or less, it's what I mean. What are you saying about me? No, I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Because... You give a gift to someone you really love. But what's the Chiddush of it? Did he, he, didn't, he doesn't love these big neshamas? Hold on with it, hold on with it. V'ikara ma'ala ha'gdola b'yoter shel netinat ha-Torah. So what is this great thing of called giving of the Torah? Like what's such a chiddush here? If this is, it's possible to know what you want, God, and be close to you without the Torah. Hu she'al yedei ha-Torah gam ha-pachot she'bapchotim yachol hitkarev la'ashem itbarach b'makom shehu kanal. V'chol Yisrael zochim hitkarev elav al yedei ha-Torah kedoshah. The rest of us, and it's fine, I'm totally kidding, I was kidding before. The rest of us, perhaps we're looking at the avot and be like, it's just not fair. It's just not fair. I could never be like that. I could never know. I could never know what, what God wants. Like that person knows what God wants. They're just intuitively so connected. The Torah comes and says, come, come here. You're part of the chavr, forever. You look at those people in such amazement and such wonderment, you're now part of that elite chabura of intuitively connected people forever. All you got to do is trust me to keep on darshaning, keep on seeking me out through every word of the Torah. That's where it brings you as well. So after the chidush of Matan Torah, so, well, okay, in other words, what would you say the chidush of Matan Torah is now? How would you label it? What would you say? In other words, what this last paragraph was? Everybody has the potential of deep connection, no matter what. No matter what. Every single person's, and that's the chidush of Matan Torah. Like Shavuot is the most inclusive holiday in the world, because Shavuot, what it does is, it's basically saying to us, when you look at different people and you're like, wow, look where they are comes Shavuot and says, hey, a second, look where, look where you are. Don't start, look where you are, look where you can be. What do you think of you? you know, what do you think of where you are? 
Because God knows, I'll tell you what God thinks of where you are. God says, I gave you the keys to come into the inner chamber. It's right here. And all the, all the holy jealousy, it's called in Hebrew, kinat sofrim. When I see someone that's really spiritually elated, and I'm like, wow, I wish I could be like that, that's not bad jealousy. In our tradition, that's actually holy envy. <clears throat> holy envy. Kinat sofrim. So on Shavuos, Hashem is saying, have, uh, have as much kinat sofrim as you want. I'm, I'm bringing you in again to let you know, afilu apachot even the lowest of the low has the keys to my car, has the keys to the house, has the entry code to the place that you want to get to. It's a, it's a real thing. And this happens every year on Shavuot. The Alpha. Also, also, like I've heard, so in other words, what's the Chiddush for the intuitive souls by Matan Torah? If they can have a connection to God in a world without Torah, what's the Chiddush for those very high, illustrious souls on Shavuot? Do you understand the question? They have, huh? Ah, that's beautiful. No, that's, that's actually really beautiful. It's like, oh, we could travel the world with, a bit, with more companionship now. That's one thing. Come on, you can go deep. What else? It's a very, by the way, it's a very beautiful it thing. Humble it can humble them, meaning what? Like, you're not so... I gave you a gift, this is from me, and I can give them the same gift. Yeah, femeod, humility, absolutely. Ma'od, what else could it be? Those are two, by the way, monumental, those are phenomenal answers, both of them. You understand the question, right? The Gdolim had this before. So we understand the Chiddush for the Ketanim. But what about, what's the Chiddush for people that are very, very deep and intuitively connected to Hashem? What's their Chiddush of Shavuot? One, what Adina said is that they travel the world less lonely. What Jenny said was that it also humbles them to make them realize yeah, you had a great gift, but that gift is being shared now with the whole world. Anything else come up? The Alter Rebbe says the Torah is defining the definition of Ratzon Hashem written out. 
Those big illustrious souls knew the Ratzon Hashem without it being written out. So, what was given at Har Sinai? The Torah, the Ten Commandments, right? Together with everything else that Moshe Rabbeinu learned at Har Sinai and started giving it over in a Masoret. Like Pirkei Avot begins, Moshe Kibel Torah Mi Sinai, Umesara Yoshua, Yeshua Laskinim, Laskinim, you know, and it keeps on going on over and over again. What's given over at Har Sinai is how to get to God's heart. I always tell you the, the example of like, you know, I, I thought, I, 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 I'm sure you've had this in your, some of you have had this in your homes where, you know, you, you want to just please your spouse and tell them, oh, whatever you make for dinner is fine. I, what do you want for dinner? I'm not saying which spouse now, I'm just saying any side. What, do you, what would you like for dinner? Oh, anything is just fine. It's fine. You think you're being so holy, but if you would define what you want for dinner and enable the person that you love to fulfill your heart by what you're saying you want, you're doing a huge chesed to them. By Hashem, just, not just telling us, oh, just be happy, which is what a lot of the world has fallen into. Just be happy, express yourself. Then what ends up happening is that you're living in a very non-defining world of Hashem gave us something so clear that says, this is the key to my heart. So what's given to Harsinai is a definition of what do I want for dinner, so to speak, by Hashem. It sounds so corny and so like, shvach, but that's really what it is. It's basically saying, this is how you get to my heart. And also, this is what you really want, because my heart is your heart. So it's really how to get to your own heart as well. These big neshamas knew this before Matan Torah. So the Chidush of Matan Torah, for the Gdolim, for the big people, I think is saying everyone can get to God's heart. Maybe you have to teach them what you know. It's not just for you. Maybe that connects to the humility aspect, though, what you say. Yeah. So it's like Abraham. Like, why wasn't he just content with, like, okay, I'm serving Hashem, I'm doing the right thing. Very good. He wanted to go out and get everyone around him to do it also. The greatest example we have from Avraham Avinu is that while he's sitting at the tent, Vayera Elav Hashem, he's having this experience of closeness to Hashem. It's all wonderful. It's all beautiful. There's so much love and connection. This is right after the bris milah, right? And not such a young age. He's sitting there, and then what happens in the moment of him tripping with Hashem? Such oneness? Huh? Hashem sends an opportunity for him to do the festival. Now, what should be Avram Avinu's initial response to that? Or, sorry, I'm with God. Right? Or, uh, why, are they, why are they breaking this moment? But, but this is why this, the beginning of our Yiddish guide is this, this saying, like, being with Hashem for real means coming to the tent. You're not interrupting my experience with Hashem. You're actually enhancing it. You're making it more real. I think it's the most beautiful thing in the world. That that's how our Yiddishkeit begins with that person that understood that that's what it means to have an experience with Hashem. So the Gdolim, these big Nishamas at Matan Torah, they're, they're still there. They're in every generation. They're standing there as well. I mean, I want to say something really far out. Do you think Moshe Rabbeinu needed the Torah in order to know what God's will was? No. No, but he... What if you asked Moshe Rabbeinu, what do you think he would say? Yes. He'd say, are you kidding me? I need it more than anyone else of, this, of the three million chevron here. But he, was, but he was in... 
Hashem's presence all the time. And he would still say that. No, I'd love to talk. <laughs> the Torah tells us enough about him to know that I think it's safe to say he would definitely say, are you kidding me? Of course. You know, I always, Moshe Rabbeinu, by far, loneliest figure in Tanakh. Loneliest. Loneliest. Can you imagine Moshe Rabbeinu? Who does he really have? Maybe his brother. Right? Who else does he have? Okay. Yeah. Right. Right. So that what? That they're experiencing the heaven and earth. So meaning they were always experiencing what they were experiencing on a personal level, in thought. But now they're seeing it happen in practicality where heaven and, heaven and earth become one. Mm. You know, I'll tell you a great story about that. I'm sure, I'm sure you've heard this story before. Have you ever heard of Reb Mendel of Vitebsk? The Vitebsk Rebbe? Reb Mendel of Vitebsk was the first... Talmud of the, of, of the Magid of Mizrich to make Aliyah. He's buried in Tveria. His Yurtzeit's Rosh Chodesh Iyar. He's a beautiful Sefer called Prihar. It's hard Sefer, but a wonderful Sefer. And he came here with one, another one of the Talmudim called, his name was Rabbi Avram Kalisker. Rabbi Mendel of Vitebsk, um, it happened a few times that in his shul, on Friday night, it was so high. The learning and the davening and the dancing was so, so high. And at a certain point, he clapped on the table and he ran outside. And he looked around. And he started smiling. And then he came back inside and he was like... <sighs> so the Hasidim asked him, why'd you stop in the middle? Why'd you go outside? So he said, heaven and earth met in here... And in here, in this room, Mashiach came. I wanted to go outside to see if it happened everywhere else as well. And, um, you know, one day we're going to have such a strong moment of dveikut. Like one day there's going to be one moment of such, such a strong yearning, such a strong davening. And we're going to go outside and we're going to realize it isn't just me. It really is happening everywhere else. Everywhere else. And you're going to see everyone else going out of their own shoes, going, you know, everyone's going to be looking out from there. I mean, not everyone has like a mirpesa like this, but whatever outdoors they have, they're going to go outside and be like, but can you imagine if we're all going to go outside and see? Like, I remember um, one time I caught Stephen's eye, the first few Shabbatot of Corona, when everyone was indoors. So a few of us took our chauffeurs. You remember that? I don't know if it happened in Lower Pitum, but up here this was what was happening. Maybe in Tkoaf it happened, or in Ramot, if this happened. You mean outside Minyanim? No, there was no Minyanim. This is, this is when there were no Minyanim. It was the first few, you were in here, it was the first few months where, I don't know how long it was, where there was no such thing as an outside Minyan. There was indoors, Sheba indoors. 
There was nothing. We thought the end of the world, everyone, you know, right? So we blew the show. A few of us would go outside right at the moment of Hadlakas Neiros and do it Kia Shvarim Truat Kia. You must have heard it from my house. Yeah. No, but it was happening from a few corners. Right, no, because it was happening at a few different locations in the neighborhood. Did you decide together to do that? No. What do you mean? Like, you had the idea, he had the idea, he had the idea? I mean, no one was meeting each other. It wasn't like we got together. You didn't, like, talk on the phone and say, okay, like, let's do this? No, I didn't, no. Maybe other chavra did, I didn't. It also sounded like that also happened in remote. Yeah? Like, uh, right after that first... Pesach, like when everyone outside to sing Manish um, Tanah, like the Pesach inside where we had... The, fir- the first, the first one, one, yeah. That like one night during the week at like 12.30 at night, all the remote, somebody blew a shofar, and everyone went out like looking. Like, oh my God. Really? People like blew their shofar. Yeah, there's a YouTube of it, but no one knows who did it or how it happened. But people yeah. went out recording it like, is this it? Right? <laughs> it was in the air. No, the, <laughs> it, it was in the air. Listen, who are we kidding? Remember how much it was in it was the air? It was very exciting. Is this it? But so this is like, like Matan Torah was like, can you imagine this? First of all, it says that there were crazy shofar blasting by Matan Torah. Yeah. Everyone came out of their tent to see like, is it me or is this really happening? <laughs> and then they saw everyone else come out of their tent and be like asking the same questions and realizing it was happening for everybody else. The Chiddush of Matan Torah, Reb Nassan is saying over here, is that there used to be a chidim, that they would hear shofars, but they were the only ones that were hearing the shofars. And now they're hearing shofars, but they're saying that everyone else is hearing the shofar as well. And then they knew this moment has never happened before. And I think that what we're longing for so much in the deepest depths is that whatever high we experience, like sometimes, honestly, Sometimes on Friday night, I want to pull a Remendel Vitebsker. Like, I want to go outside, you know, and I want, to, I want to look, but I don't, but I'm too... First of all, it would be too weird if I left in the middle of this, just like looking at the W, you know. But Alavai shouldn't be too weird. But on the other hand, it's more like... I don't want to go outside and smell and check unless I know then I'm going to see everyone else on their balconies as well. That was Matan Torah. That was Matan Torah. It's beautiful that it matters. Is that Romendo, when he went outside, like meaning that it was important to him that he wasn't experiencing it alone. You know what I mean? So maybe, oh, very good, maybe the Chiddush for the Gdolim was that at Matan Torah, it mattered to them that everyone else was also hearing. Mm-hmm. That until Matan Torah, they were kind of okay with Okay, God, I guess you blessed me with something very special that not everyone has. But I'll do my best, to, like Avram Avinu opening his tent and everything. I'll do my best to get them in, right? But there's such a, there was such a crying and a longing for heaven and earth to become one that it mattered to them so much, like Rebendel Vitebsker, to go out of the tent and see everyone else is experiencing this as well. Okay, let's... let's I have to leave actually a few minutes early, so let's see, let's see how much we can get through. Pliagdola, second to bottom uh, paragraph here. Pliagdola, what a wonder this is. Madua lo natan Hashemit barach et ha-Torah miyad techef be'et b'riyat ha'olam. Why didn't God, God give the Torah immediately when the world was created? Ki alo be'emet en shum chiyut la'olam be'lo ha-Torah. Like we said in the beginning of Shir, the truth is there's no... 
There's no liveliness at all in the world without the Torah. This world in existence is really through the Torah. What does it mean? Just like it says, the world was kind of like in limbo. And it was like, even though you think, we think we're not aligned right now with, with the world right now. Can you imagine what the world was before there was a Torah? The whole world? The whole world was not steady at all. It was massive ADHD throughout the whole world for thousands of years. <laughs> There was nothing that can feel that made a person feel balanced, because the whole world was waiting till Hashishi, the sixth day of the month of Sivan. Kmo shekatov im lob riti omam v'laila chukot shamayim va'aretz lo samti. If it wasn't for the brit that I made with the world, like how could there be anything? How could anything take place? Ve'imken. Very interesting learning in here, right? The school bell. Ve'im ken, me'achar she'be'emet en shum kiyum ve'hamada ve'chiyut la'olam. Since really there's no existence and there's no standing of the world. Ki'im al-dea Torah kdoshah, if it's not for the Torah. E'chaya ha'olam afilu yom echad belo Torah. How could the world really have existed one day without the Torah? Why didn't God give the Torah on the first hour that the, that the world was created? And we gave a bunch of answers, but it's still hard for us to understand how the world could exist without the Torah. Really? It was for our benefit that the Torah wasn't given. Until then. This is, a, by the way, if you're looking to plug into a really good nigun, go and find this nigun of Karduna. God thinks thoughts. All of God's thoughts are to make sure that no one should feel oppressed and pushed away. So it's called Choshev Machshavot. You can find it on Spotify. It's an amazing nigun of Karduner. Like this is what God is trying to do all day long. Trying to do. This is what God does all the time. He finds ways for us to really feel that we're never fully sent out or oppressed. Ki im haya notenet ha-Torah miyad be'et b'riyat ha-olam ve'lo haya shum kiyum la-olam be'lo ha-Torah God, if the Torah was, would have been given immediately with the creation of man, what would have happened to the world the second that man would have done an Avera? The whole world would have been destroyed. Because there would have been no way that the world could 
it would have been a complete churban. Now, how does the world still exist today when people do Averis? If that's the case. Exactly. It's a, it's a hard thing to wrap our heads around, right? It's a chesed. It's a chesed. The fact that Torah wasn't given for that many years is so that the world could still exist once one of us does a ba- <coughs> do bad things. But really, in essence, really, if, if it was just right away, the Torah would have been given as creation happened, then whenever someone would have done something wrong, they would have destroyed the whole world. Now, what happens today when we do something wrong? Do we, do we destroy the whole world? As far as I know, no. Do we destroy our own world? Sometimes. Sometimes. But because our whole world is intertwined with the rest of the whole world, there's still a kiyum la'olam because the chesed that God did by not giving us the Torah right away. You understand how deep this is? It's a chesed from Hashem that the Torah wasn't given right away. It's hard to wrap our hands around such a concept, right? No. It's easy? No, but we know that God, we might not agree or be happy, but God is doing what's the best. So it's not hard to understand that he would have made that right. the back and forth. Nachon. No, it's, it's, it's not hard to believe. It's, it's harder to understand how that works, but if Hashem's Hashem, I have to believe... He does it He does it so that I shouldn't feel that when I do an Avera, you know, I, it's the whole thing. It's kind of like Yishai Ribo's song, although it's a little bit, whatever. No. <laughs> Can you imagine that? Like, that's the, that's the alternate version. That's like probably the, you know... It's the B-side, I guess. Like that, that, that should have been L'Chathchila, huh? That's how it feels sometimes. 100%. That's what it feels like sometimes. So are we saying that if Hashem had given us and Das and immediate action and consequence at the same time, Yeah. And then that would be it. That would be the trajectory. Cause, effect, immediate, like Big Bang. It's exactly what he says. Look at this. It's a, it's exactly what he says in the next paragraph. But you can't find anyone that, was, that, that never goes over the Torah. We needed to create a situation where there's Bechira. If there's no bechira, then there's also no punishment and reward. And then if there's no punishment and reward, then what, are, what, kind, of like world, what kind of role do mitzvahs play in now? Since we know that we have a system of punishment and reward, and that's already, you know, intertwined in the way that we understand the Kaddish Baruch Hu. Therefore, he, like he's going backwards. Therefore, it's possible that someone does an Avera and the world doesn't completely dis- get destroyed, but there's a cheshbon that you have. But the world is still there. But if it would have been done, with, like you said, 
immediately with the beginning, and bechira, you wouldn't have bechira, because the second that your 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 onish that you would do immediately, would, you know, the first time you did an onish would have been the end of the world. Okay, it wouldn't exist. It wouldn't exist. It. You would have exactly. To for a second, that's it. Enough to make a bad decision, and that's it. And that's it. <laughs> You'd like, have no bechira. Very good. You would have bechira enough to make one bad decision, which would end the game. So Hashem and his infinite chesed didn't give the Torah, didn't, didn't give the world a Torah till he established the people and their collectiveness was a clea to, to make sure that we, we hopefully keep on doing the right thing while the world will continue to exist. One second, one second, yeah, in a second. Ve'im ken, I just want to finish this next paragraph. Ve'im ken, imayan otena Torah miyad. which I, I don't want to get into right now what the last thing is, but he's saying we also have an answer to how long the world existed without the Torah. You see what it says here? 26 generations. He's saying that if he would have given the Torah immediately, there, and, and we also know that the world can't exist without the Torah, that means the moment someone did an Avera that was written in the Torah, the world wouldn't have been able to have existed. And therefore it's such a tova. It's such a great favor that God did, did for us. Yeah, you want to ask? Oh, uh, maybe. I was thinking also of the free choice, to have free choice. I think it's so we can also then take responsibility, like in the end, like um, that we could keep coming back to having a relationship. Nachon. And be, be the responsibility, not that the responsibility was like, like a robot, like we were shut, like it was shut right. on us, but then that you can come back and say like, you have choice for your choice. Like have a line with but there, there wouldn't be. There, there wouldn't be even a moment for taking responsibility. Who, who said yeah, that? right. That's what I'm saying. Like because the, the world would have been destroyed. Who said that? What do you mean? What do you mean? If, if, if we had the Torah before the 26th generation... If we had the Torah at the moment... No, he's asking the question, if, why wasn't the Torah given with creation of the world? Yeah, so if it was given with creation of the world, and we made a mistake, <laughs> then we would have been not destroyed? The whole world would have been destroyed. Yeah, why? Why? Because back then, before there was a world, the second that a person does something wrong, the whole world is dependent on them. And you would have destroyed the world. But deeper, it's very good what you're saying. What it, what it also creates is, the poss- is no possibility for taking responsibility. But, you know, there's an answer to all this also, is that there was one thing that was created before the world was created. Well, actually, there were a few things. What's one of the thing that one of the concepts that was created before the world was created? Tshuva. Tshuva was created before the world was created. It's, these are hard concepts. I understand they're hard concepts for us to, to, to follow. What I want to just end with is saying lemaise for us, for us on Shavuos night. Like if we take this teaching and be like, so what's what is this? How does this help me prepare for Shavuot night? What's the chidush of Shavuot? If we say that there's a reenactment, again, on a certain level, of something that once took place. So what can I say to myself? All those moments I looked at holy, pious people during the year, and I said, I wish 
I could be connected like them, Shavuos night comes and says, and here you go. Believe me, Hashem is saying, believe me. Here again, here you go. And it all is dependent on how badly you want to be a responsible person taking responsibility. It's all dependent on how much that's important to you. So I guess the last few moments before Shavuos is try to get your holy envy on for the next few days. You know, try to like think of as many holy people that you know or come in contact with people that you hold in high regard and grow your... Like, be happy for them, for all the good things that have happened to them and all the moments of Yit Kashrut that have happened to them. But take that with you into Shavuot and be like, I look at them and I'm like, oh, if only, if only. Holy envy. Bring it into the Chag and, and believe Hashem is saying to you. And again, he says, Anochi Hashem Elokecha, I'm your personal God that's taken you out of any Mitzrayim that you've been in in order to reach this moment of believing that I'm giving you the manual of all manuals. And the whole other piece of why, you know, why, was, the, why was the world, it's like Hashem is saying to me also, you know, you know why I didn't force all these revelations to you until this moment? And I didn't give you all these revelations you're having now <clears throat> until this moment because you weren't ready for it. And I have to believe that. Whatever spiritual level I reach now, it's because I trust Hashem's decision. Hashem knows exactly when and what time people need everything. And I have to believe I wasn't ready for it. I wouldn't have been able to take responsibility until this moment. But now, derech hadashah. And that's a beautiful way to experience Shavuot. Just a beautiful, beautiful way. We should be privileged to actually believe in everything we just said right now. Amen. <laughs> Amen. Amen. Big time. All right. Yeshua Koach, everyone.